This week we start to present a balanced view of the property market. Over the next few weeks we're going to feature a range of respected property professionals and proven industry commentators from Bricks and Mortar Media's annual property market forecast report that's just been released. Hey, if this is your first time with us, welcome. You're going to find us on all podcast players and through the Southern Cross Oz Stereo Network. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button. Help us to continue to bring you the best guests every week. Join the conversation too anytime on Facebook at the Property Hub Collective. We'll be back in just a moment as Bushy kicks off this week's show with Nicola McDougall. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation free quote. Realty Talk and your host, Bushy Martin. Now that we're all back in the cut and thrust of the year, when sadly the news is often filled with sensationalist, fear and greed driven clickbait headlines about property, we thought it opportune to share some more balanced views from a range of respected property professionals and proven industry commentators and on what's actually likely to happen in the wonderful world of property this year. And there's no better place to get the good oil than Bricks and Mortar Media's, or BMM's, annual property market forecast report, which has actually got a proven track record of capturing reliable predictions from industry leaders that consistently prove to be on the money. So to kick off our BMM expert expose, and to whet your appetite on what's in store for 24, we're joined by show favourite and friend, Nicola McDougall the director of Bricks and Mortar Media, who wears many property hats, including her pivotal progressive role as the chair of the Property Investment Professional of Australia, or PIPA. So welcome back to the show, Nicola. Hey, Bushy. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Yes, yeah, so same to you. I'm pretty excited about the, the year ahead in property. Uh, and and I, I actually love the fact that uh, every everyone gets on the bandwagon at this time of the year and, and comes with all sorts of rubbish around property. But uh, as you and I know, have been in it for long enough. Uh, if you're doing the right thing in the right place at the right time, you're always going to do okay. So, so, so I guess to get into it, Nicola, uh, there's certainly no doubt that property surprised many of the mainstream punters on the upside last year. So how did property perform against your expectations for 2023 and what, if anything, varied and why? Mm, I think it's interesting because our, our report that we put out every year, um, we're generally doing, you know, the commentary or the forecasting late November, early December each year um, for it to, you know, for it to be released uh, just before Christmas. Yeah. And um, so the previous year, I think there was a little bit of nervousness if we compared it to the 2022 report. Um, there was a little bit of nervousness because we were on that sort of interest rate rising cycle. Um, however, I, th I think the fundamentals were underlying even that sort of the jitters that might have been out there uh, last, you know, over last year. And what we saw clearly was even in a period where rates were getting hiked, you know, almost every month. 
Yeah. Uh, we had that underlying very, very strong demand um, coupled with really at that point an undersupply of properties for sale uh, in most locations around the nation. Uh, and then, and so what we saw was, you know, prices just uh, continue to strengthen uh, throughout the year and, you know, recently hitting record highs again. I think a lot of people, um, you know, get confused where they think that interest rates are the be all and end all of the property market. Um, and, um, and that's been a common misconception for years. And I would like to think think last year would be the year that perhaps uh, blows that misconception apart uh, because we had, you know, record, uh, you know, interest rate rises in a very short period of time, yet interest uh, yet property prices continued to rise. So hopefully that sort of kills that misnomer going forward. Um, so, yeah, at the end of last year, clearly, well, I mean, we started to see a little bit of softness. I think that that November interest rate rise was completely unnecessary, a bit of a brain fart. By the RBA, I think it will be proven. Uh, it already probably has been proven that. Um, so there's probably a little bit of nervousness started creeping back into the market uh, in some locations towards the tail end of last year. But, geez, this year it's already a bit of a rip snorter. Uh, <laughs> is that a new term? Uh, the market's being a bit of a rip snorter um, at the start like of it. this year um, because, uh, as we'll talk about later in, in our conversation, uh, we have had um, some data come out, which, which is really starting to show uh, the potential strengthness of markets this year. Well, let's jump straight in there, uh, Nicola. I'd, I'd love for you to now share your overall view on how property is going to perform this year. Look, I think um, I would be very um, surprised if we didn't have an, another str very strong year. Um, it certainly has started that way. You know, January's notoriously quiet. Um, but from about after Australia Day weekend, we've started to see some very, very strong results come through, auction clearance rates, um, and certainly on the ground, people are saying, you know, buyers, agents, or people involved in, you know, in, in property um, generally, that um, buyers are out in, in force, and we're just starting to see some of those strong sales results come through again. Um, one of the reasons for that um, is that we have seen that moderation in inflation um, you know, I was, I'm very pleased to say that in, until the November rate result, I'd actually got everyone right uh, in the most recent cycle, uh, and that one blew my blew my um, you know great, great forecasting uh, out of the water. Um, and I certainly follow. Um, you know, I'm not an economist, uh, but I spend a lot of time looking at economic data and you know talking to people involved in the industry. And I always felt, um, and there's been a few commentators out there that I that I, you know. I agree with them or um, that they were saying that inflation was going to moderate far more quickly than the reserve uh, had indicated. And lo and behold, at the end of January, we saw not only the December um, monthly results come through, but also the year to December results come through and inflation. Like that monthly result had a three in front of it. Like, yeah. blow me down with a feather. I actually thought that it might. And if you think about December... Seemingly, everyone should be out spending lots of money because it's Christmas. Yep. No. Uh, so I think that really has lit a fire under markets um, around the nation. We had the first RBA decision recently in February, and um, clearly, you know, they they held. That wasn't a surprise. Yep. Um, but certainly, depending on who you talk to, um, you know, we could be seeing a rate cut in the next few months, certainly by the second half of this year. Yeah, it's uh, certainly heading in the right direction and uh... – uh, as you say, uh, let, let's hope some lessons have been learned from the exercise on the way through. But uh, sort of drilling down a little bit then, uh, what, what are the key drivers that we need to be watching out for that are likely to influence property's direction this year, do you think? 
Well, definitely that that's number one. That's yeah. number one. Um, I think we are starting to see, and I've certainly heard this from some property investment experts um, in various locations around the nation, it's that investor activity. Yeah. Uh, as we know, through all of Pippa's research, we saw you know a huge volume of, of investors exit the market over, over recent years. Uh, however, investment activity, investor activity um, is increasing again, um, around the nation, according to the ABS. Right. Um, I, well, I think you and I have talked about this bushy on the show. Yeah. While investors have been selling for a, for myriad reasons, um, and certainly in Victoria, uh, the the metrics for you know investment properties are very strong. We have you know the potential for capital growth. Um, this year, you know, uh, going forward over the short to medium term, but also we have those, you know, strong cash flow from those rising uh, rising rents that have to happen uh, for a bunch of for a bunch of reasons, but mainly because there's just not enough supply out there, um, and so rents are, are rising. But certainly in some locations, we have had fairly benign rental growth in the ten years up until COVID. Um, so I really think, you know, obviously owner rocks. They are the ones that drive the market. They are the majority of the market. We are seeing more first-time buyers come back into the market. Uh, Reba actually um, had some research out last week where the number of first-time buyers had increased 13% in 12 months. So even in that high interest rate environment, um, first-time buyers are back, investors are back, owner-occupiers are out there buying and spending you know, money well, they're the three parts of the market, and uh, so what? What do we say when we, you know, put all those together? Very, very strong market conditions this year. Um, but investors as well. I think I was reading something actually the other day about you know Victoria's results market's not actually that great. Um, and what are the reasons? Com comparatively speaking, what yeah. are the reasons for that? And potentially, it is that exodus of investors from that market because of the plethora of rental reforms and other legislation um, targeting investors in that market. Um, and while you know people might say, "Oh, well, you know, fewer investors, what hurt, what harm can that make?" Well, it's you know, it's a, it's 30, 30 plus percent of the market that can make a big difference if investors are not transacting in a particular location. And it certainly seems to me that investors, uh, uh, they have been exiting Victoria and they are not buying into Victoria in their normal volumes. Uh, and that's not good for the overall sales market, but it's also very, very bad for its rental market. 100%. Uh, so given that sort of backdrop then, Nicola, mm. what are some of the important areas and sectors, both good and bad, that we need to be watching out for this year? Yeah, look, Bushy, you know, you and I, we've been doing this for a long time. Um, I am very, very um, disappointed and upset uh, that, you know, at the start of this year, the negative gearing uh, genie is out of the bottle again, uh, thanks to the Australian Greens. Um, last year, clearly, you know, we were having to uh, lobby against the Greens, seemingly wanting rental freezes around the nation. Um this, the Senate inquiry into the worsening rental crisis in Australia, the final report uh, was quietly uh, uploaded to its website in December. I actually found that report. I actually broke that story because I was looking for it when I came back from Christmas holidays and I realised that it had just been uploaded very quietly, looked for media, looked for any press releases. There wasn't any. 
And uh, one can only presume the reason for that was the fact that the recommendations from the industry, from the inquiry chair, who is from the Australian Greens, were all about <clears throat> rental freezes. You know, uh, let's freeze rents for two years. Let's put rental caps. You only know, can increase blah blah. Anyway, it was completely stolen from the Greens policies about these rental, you know, controls. Um, so no wonder they tried to bury it. They didn't, though, um, and they didn't win that battle, clearly, uh, and now uh, the Greens are advocating for changes to negative gearing and to capital gains tax, even though the Labor government has been very firm on this. Um, they lost the 2019 federal election by taking changes to negative gearing and CGT um, to that election, yeah. so they would be very silly indeed uh, to think about you know, reigniting re or re-looking at that policy. And, and while, you know, it might be um, a bit of a political football at the moment because of the changes to the stage three tax cuts, you know, a little bit of broken promises from the Prime Minister, um, I would love to, I would like to think and certainly believe that, you know, the federal government is not, go is not going to uh, be bullied by the Australian Greens in this regard. But it just is really concerning to me that the Greens have adopted this really divisive uh, mindset with, you know, with their platforms. Um, I guess it's because, you know, their original platform was climate change and that is wholly accepted by society now. So perhaps they're struggling to see uh, what the point of their party is. And uh, they seem to have adopted um, a mindset where it's us versus them. And that is not good for anybody, um, certainly in an environment where we have a rental crisis and investors are the answer to addressing that crisis. You don't want the threat of any changes to long-standing uh, taxation policies to impact the potential of investors either to retain their investment properties or to purchase investment properties because it will just prolong the rental crisis and drive rents even higher. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, uh, I just, uh, why the Greens have become uh, ambulance chasers uh, re really scares That's me. It's a good term. Yeah, it's it, it's a very scary concept. And I think you hit the nail on the head. They're looking for a reason for being. So they've got to grab mm. the sensationalist, quite naive and, and, and ignorant uh, approaches to something where what they're proposing is actually going to make things worse, not better. Uh, because as you and I have spoken on a number of occasions over the years, uh, investors are actually a big part of the solution to uh, right. housing woes, not, not the problem. Uh, so yeah, to continue uh, bashing them, uh, and, and making statements that, that don't even hold any weight just really scares me, actually. And I'm just uh, hopeful that, one, uh, the policymakers and the politicians uh, can ignore that squeaky wheel uh, and the silent majority has still got the common sense. But uh, stranger things have happened. And uh, once something gets momentum and, and the mainstream media is looking for things to talk about, then it can take a life of its own. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that... Uh, the great work that you do at Pippa and, and the other associations in conjunction with the voice and support from the Property Hub team here can actually balance that message and, and put it out there to demonstrate that uh, we should be embracing investors, not not penalising them. So, uh, so uh, I just uh, yeah, I just had a thought there, Bushy, which I, just, I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'm going to. I just wonder if the Greens are actually their role, certainly in the media cycle now, is was once the domain of Pauline Hanson. 
in one nation because she would say extreme things and and now it's the Australian isn't it really if you think about it for those of us who've been doing this for a long time and been you know around for a long time breathing um <laughs> that is actually this that is their role now they're just like the the 20 21st century version of one nation so there you go yeah. um and they yeah the lowest common denominator and ambulance chasing like you say and um all it's doing is is dividing a wedge um, in in our society, um, and I noticed actually recently the change in language that they're using in regards to property ownership. They're talking about uh, renters becoming property owners. So I think that that you, they've obviously decided that they need to really make sure that they are seen as representing re- renters, but they're bloody not, because no. by demonising investors, they're driving investors out of the market. They are preventing um, you know the normal flow of investment into the market, and that will mean that there's fewer properties, the rental crisis will be even more prolonged, rents will be higher. So these renters who have the aspirations to become first-home buyers will struggle to save a deposit because of the higher rents. So they don't represent renters, they're just representing themselves. Absolutely spot on. So uh, uh, and I, I know we've only just scratched the surface here, but uh, I, I want people to, to read the, your comments in the BMM report because it's a great reading there. But if you were to Sum things up uh, in a word. Uh, what one word do you think is best going to describe and capture property conditions uh, for this year, Nicola? One word from me, Bushy. What What do you mean? How? Let's see. Look, I'm going to say fifty words before I cut one word that's going to describe this year. <clears throat> um, mm, strong. <laughs> strong. Yes, I think that's a a, a really good choice. Uh, well, look, uh, again, uh, I've said it a number of times, but I really want to thank you for always sharing your insights, Nicola, and, and thanks for taking the considerable time and effort to produce your expert and reliable annual BMM property market report, uh, which we'll uh, have a link to in the show notes for those who want to really dive into the details of Nicola's commentary, uh, along with a whole host of very highly respected property professionals from around the country. But before we go, and while I've got the opportunity, Nicola, on behalf of the large and loyal Property Hub community, we just want to thank you for the very important and enormous role that you and Pippa continues to play in representing the silent majority of unsung hero investors. And let's hope that governments and policymakers are finally getting the message that you were getting through to them last year, that mum and dad investors are actually the solution hidden in plain sight to our housing woes and that they actually start to embrace them like friends rather than treating them like foes and villains in this complex and dynamic, wonderful world that we call property. So thanks again for your time on the show, Nicola. Oh, thank you for that, Bushy. And and again, thank you for your support of of Pippa and myself uh, professionally and personally too. Thank you. And we're very much looking forward to to doing more with you um, this year, perhaps in October in Melbourne Um, again. uh, So thank you again. And I'm always, we're always so grateful of of your support and the wonderful work that you do uh, for our sector as well. Thank you, Nicola. Let's stay in touch and uh, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bushy. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. 
Know-how has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Realty Talk exclusive to The Property Hub. Now, next in our continuing special series on the property market forecast for 2024, thanks to Bricks and Media, uh, I can't even say it right, thanks to Bricks and Mortar Media's end report, we've got the real pleasure of catching up with Kate Hill, who's an avid investor, an award-winning author, and also the founder and driving force behind National Property uh, Buyers Agency, Advisable. So welcome back to Realty Talk, Kate. It's fabulous to be here and to talk with you. Yeah, I always like having a chat. I, I love the uh, level of detail that you go to in, in all of your uh, statements. So you're quantifying what you're saying rather than some motherhoods that we hear from uh, other players in the industry. So I, I guess just to, to set the scene, Kate, uh, given uh, we always have interesting years in property, but uh, from your perspective, how did uh, property form against your expectations last year and what, if anything, varied and why? Well, um, oh, I don't even know where to start. I, to be honest with you, and this is going to sound a little arrogant, it's not how I meant it or how I mean it, but it genuinely things performed pretty much exactly as I expected them to, uh, yep. because you've, I've been seeing the major supply shortage for a little while, um, as well as sort of various government, uh, let's not call them initiatives, but um, policies and whatnots too that have scared a lot of investors off over the years. Um, so I, I feel like I've been screaming about a supply shortage for years. The demand was going to be huge as soon as we all got over the fact that COVID, you know, wasn't the end of the universe. So it really, in spite of interest rate rises, uh, prices rose in most jurisdictions that I deal with, which is across Australia. Yep. Um, and really the factors that put price, that put pressure on those prices, um, have been pretty much, again, as I predicted, which is strong local demand, hundreds of thousands of new migrants, yeah. billions of infrastructure spending in the right areas, um, and this undersupply of, of properties for a number of reasons. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a, a, a strong year, as as I expected. <laughs> yeah, they're great. And, and again, as, as a fellow contrarian, uh, who fo focus on the fundamentals, not on some of the scare factors that uh, yes. people like to focus on. Uh, mm. I, I'm now interested in in sort of pivoting into uh, your future view, given how consistently on the ball you, you've been with in the previous report. So uh, what's your overall view then on how properties likely to perform across the country uh, in the year coming? Um, right. Well, I would say uh, it's going to be a fairly similar pattern that we have seen through the ages, Bushy. Um, you get these panic merchants, the media, who whip us all into a frenzy of uncertainty and fear just to get those clicks. Um, they have little facts to back up their stories. It might just be somebody's press release yep. because they're marketing something or another. Yeah. Um, and then really when the end of the world doesn't happen, because we do have all those growth drivers in place, people just start to calm down and they kind of get on with it until the next frenzy, you know, somebody decides it's time for us to panic about something else. 
Um, and really, that's that's what we've seen. I think that's going to continue. Um, like I said, our area of speciality is Australia. We're licensed in multiple states. Yep. We are buying all over the place, um, and because we customize or we customize each property purchase for every single client, so it just depends on you know what portfolio they've got. So, yes, um, we've seen that frenzy in in Perth, in Adelaide because they are the most affordable options for investors and they give great yields in this very high interest environment. I really don't see a lot of that changing anytime soon. Yep. Um, like I said, strong demand, all these, all these new migrants, there's still those, like you just said, those fundamentals in place in a lot of those good areas. And we will continue to have an undersupply of property because they are not building enough and the demand is huge. So right, that is... Yeah, I Sorry. think that probably yeah, given that uh, there's a, a better than even chance that the rates may actually start coming down again Correct. in conjunction with uh, what we're seeing on the the mortgage breaking front, and that is that uh, a number of lenders now who aren't writing the business they used to are starting to soften some of their lending costs. Yes, yes. Uh, and yes. that combination is likely to boost buying capacity, which is going to put further demand pressure on the, on the uh, properties available. So uh, everything's certainly pointing to a, a pretty a strong year ahead. Uh, the, you, you mentioned some of the key drivers that we need to be looking out for. Are, are, are there any others that you see influencing property conditions that uh, uh, we need to be aware of? Um, really, I think uh, we can drive that down into sort of specifics in terms of area, if you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of those sort of important, sort of good and bad, if we can call it that, sectors. I think Victoria generally is going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, I've actually just done um, a YouTube video on that, if I can send everyone out there. Um, so the, as I'm sure a lot of people know, the Labor state government there have made conditions for investors and second homeowners quite prohibitive. Yeah. A lot of investors have either sold out of the market or really are no longer interested in owning an investment property there. This contributes to critical undersupply of housing, which the government just does not ever seem to understand. I just don't get it um, because they're certainly not supplying enough housing for that demand themselves. Right. So rent and, they're, and they're penalizing the very people who can add the supply by upping land tax and it's making it uh, the, the, the whole tenancy legislation is getting tougher and harder. Compliance yeah. conditions yeah. on property are getting more onerous, more expensive. Yeah. But you couldn't make yeah. it much harder in Victoria. They really, well, they probably could, but let's not hope they don't. But it's um, it, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying that you know that that of course tenants should have rights and they need to live in safe properties and all that stuff is important, but. Um, you know, I, I think because of all of that, that rents are just going to keep going up. Yeah. Uh, their policies will always hurt the people that they say that they want to help. But at the end of the day, it's really just it's politics um, rather than actually trying to solve a real problem. They need to be seen to be doing something. They know who their electorate is. It doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. Shut me up. I'll shut up. Um, no, and, right. you know, but if <laughs> I just think they'll continue to be a real, uh, but there continues to be a really good demand for housing in Victoria. That hasn't that hasn't changed. People are still moving there. People still need somewhere to live. Yeah, it's just that demand for investment properties is just not probably going to come from interstate or probably with from within Victoria now either because of that second home. You know, the investor second home land tax. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so rents are just going to keep going up. Um, because there aren't enough rental properties. So, and I have property in Victoria and I'm seeing it happening firsthand. So yeah, I think there's also an opportunity there for people who like, you know, I, I realize it's challenging to kind of think 
and be counter-cyclical, but, you know, don't be, don't feel the need to follow a herd, look at the opportunities there. Um, So, and and sort of on that note as well, I would say really watch out for that frenzy that I have witnessed. I'm still witnessing in Perth um, to some extent in Adelaide as well, but really inferior properties being bought by alleged experts and professionals that in my opinion really just won't stand the test of time uh i really do your due diligence over there it's and i know this is controversial but perhaps even a time to think about not buying in perth you know go elsewhere there are real opportunities um if i can tell a quick story there's uh, there was a um the property that i looked at quite recently where the one literally next door sold i think in october for 60 or 70 thousand dollars less than they're asking for the next door identical property now now that is a lot of money in perth it's a lot of money anywhere but it you have to think about how that value can be sustained in that area once this all dies down which it will it yeah. will um, right? and certainly when will. a hot spot hits the it's the headlines, then it becomes oh, self-perpetuating market to some degree. Uh, so am, am I reading this right that you're probably seeing that the uh, both WA and to a certain degree Adelaide has probably uh, hit the, the crest of its mm-hmm. wave and it's likely to plateau uh, or, or other uh, from here? Is it, would that be your read? Mm, Adelaide less so, just yeah. because it's just much more of a steady, stable performer. Both has a real history of being quite volatile, it is, I know not everybody works in mining, I, I appreciate that, but at the end of the day, it's very dependent and reliant on that mining industry for the economy, regardless of what everybody says. So when the sector is affected, Perth prices do drop. They don't kind of crash often, but they do can drop quite significantly. Yeah. Uh, developers start going in, there can be an oversupply. Um your rents drop by 150 200 a week so you've now paid at the top of the peak for a property that could be potentially in an inferior location that sure you're getting 600 a week rent for now but in two years time how are you going to be when that's it's an older property you're not going to have any depreciation inferior location and your rent drops by 200 a week don't don't put yourself in that situation adelaide is different it's a much more steady as i'm sure you know a much more steady performer it doesn't have that same market volatility it's not the same roller coaster ride and yeah. we haven't had the same sudden boom that we have in perth it's always been affordable um and of course the reasons why those markets are um and have been so um uh, um, popular is because of everybody's buying capacity going down so everyone's you know been driven into affordability those, absolutely those yeah. supermarkets right and those awesome yields higher interest rates of course you know it's it's a it's a recipe for yeah. a friend which is what we've seen so but adelaide is different and continues yeah. to have really good steady growth drivers um yeah. And I'm not saying Perth won't continue to grow over the next little while. It's just, please be careful. I'm just urging caution. No, good coin. So we've covered the, uh, I guess, <laughs> the, the bottom half of Australia. Let's talk about yes. uh, southeast Queensland and, and other parts of the country. Yeah. What's well, your thoughts around those? Love it. Um, still love it. Um, really, again, similar to Adelaide, good, steady <clears throat> performers uh, around the Sunshine Coast, 
again, an opportunity if you do have more money to spend, a very stable market, hugely desirable, a lot of interstate migration that happens into that area, not just, you know, from, from overseas. Um, and, um, it, but it is that bit more expensive, but it does have good yields, you know, for, for a more expensive market. So love the sunny coast, um, you know, that whole Brisbane, like you say, that Southeast it, in, back in, into Toowoomba again, great diverse economy, love those areas that have seen really good growth. Don't see that lessening anytime soon. And once, as we said, you know, those, um, those if interest rates come down a little bit it will make those areas more affordable this is to those people who are just a little bit restricted by their borrowing capacity at the moment Hence, yeah, good good like call said, about other areas of queensland or other other regional or, or other markets around the country that are worthy of note um always like i said so victoria i'd be looking at your your bigger regional centers your geelong's ballarat's bendigo's please don't discount them they are they have awesome fundamentals yeah. um where else am i yeah very much southeast queensland uh and and, and uh, sydney melbourne of course but you know brisbane itself for those who have the funds to do that but i realize at the moment that's like i say it's prohibitive because interest rates are so high and the yields are already low yeah. so um and who wants to lose that amount of money you need superior capital growth to make up for the the uh, the money it's costing you to hold those properties yeah 100%. um you know year in year out but it does lead me if i may quickly to another point which is really um it, it leads into the the increasing popularity of the apartment markets so which are uh, which is a lot more affordable by nature right smaller properties so I'd say sort of beware of just assuming, you know, that the larger properties are going to be more desirable in terms of house, big, you know, a big house, large land. Overall, our family sizes are shrinking. The government has studied this at, at length, you know, um, they've made projections. So that you look for your smaller properties, like a smaller three-bedroom property. They are, you're hedging your bets a lot more than just don't assume it needs to be a four-bedroom on 600 square meters of land with, you know, all this yep. stuff going on. Um, yep. The three-bedders are a lot more desirable, a lot more in demand because of our um, shrinking uh, family unit, you know, lone person households. Unfortunately, I mean, it's sad, but you know, are the, are the single biggest increasing demographic. Yeah, so, it's a good call. It's a it's a very yeah. good call actually. So, yeah, in that context, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Uh, the uh, are there any sort of surprising or wild card elements that are likely to come out of the box over the next twelve months that that may influence property conditions, as you say? Oh, look, maybe. Not that it hasn't really already started that I am seeing. Uh, like I said, really, that apartment market, I think that that took people by surprise yeah. um, because we had those enormous vacancy rates during COVID. Um, the, uh, and, and we have those uh, here in Sydney, uh, particularly, we have those, you know, construction, let's call them issues, you know, they it's not had great press over the last few years in terms of major structural defects coming to light in a lot of our newer apartment blocks. So, um, uh, but they continue to be, like I say, an asset class and a property type in demand. So, and I think that has taken people by surprise because people haven't really followed how our demographics have shifted during and after COVID. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I would say, again, watch for the smaller property type becoming more and more in demand. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a good one. I, uh, 
Uh, the mm. old crusty chestnut of uh, uh, negative gearing is starting to get some oh. media exposure given the the uh, modification of the uh, the tax uh, regime in recent times. What, what's your read on what, if any, impact uh, that's likely to have given the Greens like to yield this from the rooftops? Well, they do, but, you know, I'm sorry, but what clout do they have really? It's just, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't. I, I, how long have we got? Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a topic all by itself. Um, I, I know, I think it just, it continues to, it's news because it affects a lot of people. And I think that's what people have to just keep in mind, why these things uh, keep cropping up in the media. Yeah. Um, again, it's just not going to solve the problem. They do anything about it. Every time they've tried to change it, there's been the most enormous backlash yeah. uh, with good reason. Um, and good luck supplying Australia's housing if you do. And I think they know that. They know that. Well, but they, you seem to be, they have to be seen to be considering it. Um you know, for a certain part of the electorate. But, yeah, I do. Yeah, let, let's hope common sense recognises that uh, private investors are the solution to the housing woes, not the not the problem. Mm. But, uh, they yeah. should start re-incentivising and not, not penalising them, uh, as we've Correct. seen in recent times. Yes. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the day that, uh, that, that policymakers and politicians get smart enough to recognise that uh, uh, investors are actually their best friends when right. it comes to solving the, the housing issue. But but yes. may, maybe I'm over opti optimistic. <laughs> on that we, live, we, live, we live in hope. I know. We do. But uh, look, as always, I, I, I feel like we've only just scratched the, the surface, Kate, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot further that we can talk about. And, and we will get you back on the show uh, to deep dive on some of these areas that you're uh, pretty active in, uh, which yeah, I think would be, uh, you know, a, a great service to, to people who are really seriously considering getting the, the right type of property in the, the right location for the right reasons. So, to, but to, I guess bringing it all to a head and to some things yeah. up, like, uh, if you're looking for one word that, that described and captured what property conditions are likely to be like this year, what, what would uh, that word be for you? I'm going to be horribly boring and say stable. And really, I don't, and I don't mean standing still. I mean steadily stable but st and steadily rising. But that was two words, so I couldn't use that, right? So I, had <laughs> <laughs> I had to come up with one word. So, you know, it's, I think, all good areas, all good areas with those fundamentals. And if you buy the right property type, they, they will continue to grow. As we've said, if interest rates fall a little bit, I think we'll start to see more listings come on the market, which gives sellers the um, the, the the confidence to 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 put their properties on the market because they often will then, if they're selling, they're often buying again. They don't want to join this frenzy either. Um, and I think it might even things out a little bit, like I've said earlier on, in terms of Perth and Adelaide, um, because the more expensive those market markets get, it obviously brings them more in line with the rest of the country. It makes them less affordable. Yep. So when people have that little bit more borrowing capacity, um, it makes those and it makes their cash flows a little bit more appealing. Um, it, they will start to consider all these other areas that are that are great. So I think we'll just see kind of consistent, steady growth. And there's always the potential uh, for a little bit of a, an oomph, of course, when interest rates drop. But I think um, it will bring more listings on the market as well. 
Hopefully. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think, uh, I've, I mean, you and I have been uh, in the game for a long time. Uh, I think the pleasing thing for me is that, uh, you know, I think it's taken us two or three years to shake off the post-pandemic uh, uh, impacts. I think we're actually finally getting close yes. to the, uh, what, yeah. what, you know, the, the normals are a Normal. bird <laughs> yeah. at the moment, but I think we are getting back to a, a point mm. where locations in an ad hoc, out of sync basis are going through their own cycles, uh, yeah. independent of others. Uh, which which creates you know plenty of opportunity if you know what you're looking for and and you've got the right team behind you to to find and negotiate that. So I think uh, it reinforces to me that while good opportunities are going to be probably harder to find uh, uh, to some degree, uh, if you've got the right right people doing the research and validating the exercise, then you, you, it's still a, a great opportunity to take advantage of. So uh, look, um, as always, Kate, I want to thank you for sharing these great insights oh. with us. Uh, and it's it's clear from your forecast in the uh, BMM 2024 property market report that there are still some affordable property locations that can yeah. across the country. But as as you've made the point very well, buyers will face increasingly stiff competition as listings probably remain low, even though there might be a few more. And yes, uh, demand de demand is definitely going to remain high. So ignore the the mainstream media sentiment picture. Uh, and it's always a, a great time to be investing in property if you know what you're looking for, where to, right. and most importantly, have the right independent professionals helping you. So uh, thanks for all your help on that, Kate. A pleasure. Been lovely talking to you. Thanks, Kate. Now, uh, for those listening in uh, who want to read the full story uh, on Kate's uh, thoughts and want to get their hands on a copy of the BMM 2024 Property Market Report that uh, includes forecasts from a, a whole host of leading property professionals around the country, just click on the link in the show notes. And if you want to take the uh, conversation further and keep that going, uh, join us on the Property Hub Collective Facebook community, uh, again, by just clicking on the link below. So uh, keep watching for more here on the Property Hub. Hi, just before we go back to the show, uh, I want to spend a few seconds and tell you about a book that was sent to me that's now become my go-to reference when I'm looking for inspiration about property investment. You know, sometimes it's not about knowing all the answers. It's certainly more important to know what questions to ask. This book by Rasti uh, is called The Property Wealth Blueprint. And it's one that you don't read just once and then put it away. It stays out as a reference. It's a book that you go back to time and time again, as I do, because it's packed with personal experience and with great examples of how to get property investment right. Uh, it's very frank, it's to the point. And as you can see here, uh, I've needed to bookmark several points. And I can tell you that it's a constant companion on my desk here. The remarkable thing is that it's absolutely free on Rasty's website, getrare.com.au. Get Rare, it's a gateway to a richer life. The website there for you again, getrare.com.au. So get this book, get it for yourself. This is Realty Talk, powered by realty.com.au. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode of Realty Talk or Bushy's Get Invested podcast, delivered to you each week. And you can do that by subscribing to the Property Hub now on your favourite podcast player or wherever you are listening to or watching this show. Also, join the conversation anytime on Facebook at the Property Hub Collective. 
Thanks to our supporters and content partners, realty.com.au, BMT, tax depreciation, know-how property finance, get rare property, and Apiro Marketing. I'm Kevin Turner, and on behalf of Bushy and the Property Hub team, we look forward to seeing you again next week.